What seems very evident on today is that the line has gotten thicker. The line between what seems safe because you're religious and political and the line of of who really belongs to Jesus. Jesus didn't have a problem like we do being offensive. When it came to the truth, Jesus did not mince words. Today he spoke about the end of Jerusalem for a time, the end of the world forever. And he spoke about it without compromise or concern for who it would offend, but rather the importance of telling the truth. He spoke of hypocrites, hypocrites, mask wearers, in the simplest sense, actors, who he says, how will you escape the fires of hell? Do you search the world over to find one convert and in the end of it all make him more a child of hell than you are yourself? That's offensive. And again, the question need be asked. The issue isn't whether it's offensive. The question is, is it true? Because if it's true, the difference is this is more than just information we can entertain What makes it so offensive is, first of all, it's personal, and second of all, it demands action. Today, two days before Jesus will hang on a cross for all of man's sins, he makes clear to everyone, from the greatest religious leader of the day and the greatest Bible teacher of the day, to the prostitute and the tax collector that was nearby, that they were all in need and that that cross was for them as well. There was no one that Jesus intended to think that Jesus, maybe a lashing would be good enough, maybe an insult would be good enough, but the cross was for everyone. Now for some of us that may appear a little easier because we know that our sin is vile, although I will be honest to say I don't believe any of us know how vile our sin is. But the line has gotten deeper today. On Monday, Jesus cleared the temple. On Tuesday, they challenged him why. But on Wednesday, he not only told them, he drew a line in the sand. And in the end of it all, we, even as his disciples, were nervous about standing on the same side with Jesus. Because we recognize today, to stand with Jesus makes more enemies than we anticipated. But there is going to be a day when the line will be infinite. On one side will be sheep, and on the other side will be goats. And on that day, there's no time for you to change your breed. On that day, it will be too late to say, didn't we, Lord, Lord? On that day, it'll be too late to say, didn't I go to church? Didn't I see miracles? Didn't I get the shakes and the shivers and the tingles? Didn't I speak in a tongue? Didn't I wave and shake and wave my Bible? Didn't I even stand up and do all of the rituals that seemed required for me? That day, it isn't about what you've done. It's about who you know. Because Jesus says to the goat, I never knew you. And there's something scary about thinking that there could be people who wear the robes or the collars or have the PhDs or the whatevers, who have the churches and the shows and the programs and so forth that could have all of those things but will mean nothing because all they speak about is an individual who, strangely enough, does not know them. 
My question tonight is, does Jesus know you? And you might say, well, Jesus knows everything. Sure, he knows every molecule. Your last breath and your hairs are numbered. Even those of you who have a lot of hair. Some of you have done him a favor, you think. But there's a difference between knowing the stats and knowing the person. And so might I ask the same of you. Do you know him? Jesus didn't die for you just to give you a ticket to heaven. Jesus died for you so you could know him intimately, personally, honestly. Not as a mask to wear, not as a political party to join, but as a God who so loved you he'd rather die than live without you. As a precious jewel for which he was willing to forfeit everything to purchase. Tonight we saw the widow's gift who brought from her necessity and God made special note that here we are reading of this woman who most people didn't even know 2,000 years ago. We read of a girl who poured forth her that of great value in her widow's dowry, I'm sorry, in her, in her wedding dowry as she broke the alabaster flask to pour it upon him for which Jesus took special note and in both cases said, well, in both cases took special note and attention to for which now we 2,000 years read of it. On those same days, Jesus spoke of ten virgins and only five of which would have their lamps still lit. Oh, they all still seem to be virgins. But five of them were actually ready for the wedding. Are you ready? On that day, Jesus spoke of talents that were given and those who buried it in the world and those who risked it. Is there a risk it in your spirit tonight? On that, that day, one of Jesus' own twelve would ask those same religious leaders that Jesus had offended, as it seems he was offended as well, as a thief, what will you give me to betray him? On that same day, the deal was made. We are two days from the cross, and Judas now has, if you will, a signed agreement. He's got the money in his pocket, if you will. And for two days, Judas buries the burden now inside of him to hide from the others that everything is okay. But he seems to do it successfully to everyone but Jesus. For when Jesus says at the, what we would call the Last Supper, might I say temporarily so, one of you will betray me, every one of them says, is it me or is it I? Nobody thinks it was Judas. I probably would have thought it was Peter. It's the only one Jesus ever said, get behind me, Satan, to. So for two days, someone is going to walk around and fool the rest of them with the nasty little secret that he is about to send Jesus to the cross so he doesn't even know all of the information yet because he sold Jesus out because he had been offended. Those who paid him gladly paid him because they had been offended. And my question to you tonight is, does this offend you? As we go to prayer now, and the line is being drawn, every human being is a sinner, and the wages of sin is death, and the only honest payment is death. And the only two people qualified to pay it is you, because you earned it, and somebody who has no sin, who would choose to do it. And with all due respect, 
Buddha cannot pay your sins. He's sinful. Muhammad cannot pay your sins. He's sinful. And even if they could, neither of them offered to. No one but one offered. And the one who did is the only one qualified to do so. The price has been paid. The work has been done. The only thing left is for you to say yes or no. Tonight, will you walk out of here as Judas selling Jesus away? Saying, I like the idea. I'll walk around the crowd. I'll follow you to some degree. But in the end of it all, this is too important. I don't want to break up with that person that I'm in a bad relationship. I don't want to give up having sex. I don't want to, well, and I'm not saying that that's permanent. If you're married, that's a different story. (laughs) I don't want to stop getting drunk. I love my alcohol. I love my pot. I love my drugs. I love my style. I'm here to let you know Jesus is here to cramp your style. But his is the only one that will be cool in the side of eternity. I'd rather be cool then than lukewarm now. So Jesus has paid the price on the cross. My question to you is, what you gonna do about it? So he offers the opportunity to say yes to that gift or the opportunity to say no. There's only two answers. You could say, I don't know, still got no in it. Tonight, will you accept the gift of Jesus Christ? And if you have, are you willing to follow Jesus to the cross? Because he tells us that unless we're willing to carry our own, we're not even worthy to call ourselves his students. And I think the biggest thing missing from the church is the cross and the crosses. The cross that's proclaimed from here and the crosses that are carried in by you and me. The cross that says you before me, God first, you second, me last. Because if that's who we really were willing to be as Jesus demanded, the world would be set on its ear and say, what is that? I would say new creations. So I'm gonna pray. And then we're going to take just a couple minutes and just sing a couple more songs and send you out of here with tea. But if you've not accepted the gift of Jesus Christ or you're not sure, tonight you could be. You can say yes. Did you notice when Jesus separated the sheep and the goats, he didn't say, now, all of you Baptists over here, all you Calvary Chapel over there, all you Pentecostals over there where you can be loud. It's either you or Either I know you or I don't. But if you have said yes to him, I'd like you to pray as well with me. Tonight, let it be a night of rededication. Not because you're fearful of losing your salvation, but because, to be honest, he deserves it. And today, perhaps, he's revealed to you even a little bit more of what it is to hand over your life to him. 23 years ago, I said yes to a woman at the altar to be my wife. And what I said was, I do agree to say I do for the rest of my life. Every morning I wake up and say I do. Because every morning I still remain married.
And I want to wake up this morning and say, yes, Lord. I want to wake up tomorrow and say, yes, Lord. Pray with me, would you please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you that when you said, whoa, it was with a broken heart, not ha ha, you hypocrites. Thank you for the broken heart that would cry out, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long have I wanted? But you are not willing. And tonight, here you are wanting to gather us into you. And you want us to be willing. Now, we may not think we have much, God. But you took note, the same God who took note of the widows to minus, takes note of what we offer you today. Either it be of our necessity or it be of our abundance. Tonight, may we give you of our very being and not just of the superfluity of our lives. You warned us of a day when there will be a reckoning, where the world will be reckoned, where the servants will be reckoned, where the sheep and the goats will be reckoned. And we want to be right now. We would rather be as the the one at your feet, anointing you with everything we have, filling the room, and knowing that the Middle Easterners did not bathe every day as we may be prone to, it's wild to think that on this night you were covered in perfume that very likely we could smell even from the cross two days later. And I pray tonight that our surrender would rise as sweet incense before you. Not just our singing, but the lifting up of our hearts and surrender. So I pray tonight for every believer that we would be willing tonight to be offended, to be drawn closer, not to sell you out. I pray that tonight we would agree and commit to say I commit when it's hard to, when we would be laughed at and excluded and persecuted for that choice those very moments you tell us we would be blessed if we were so persecuted for your name's sake. So tonight, God, we as believers say yes to the hard road, to the road that is marked with suffering and challenges so that we can say yes to you over and over and over again. But if we're honest with ourselves, Lord, we confess to you, we don't have the strength to stand up in those moments. But Jesus, you promised to not even rehearse what to say when we're called to the carpet. But Lord, that you, Lord, that you, through your Holy Spirit, would speak through us. So Lord, we trust in your power, in your words. I thank you so much, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who have stood up here today and testified in your word as we could, for at least a moment, kind of grasp the smallest bit of what you went through on this Wednesday. 
But I pray right now, Lord, if there be any within our midst that have yet to say yes to you. And the fight is on. They're offended and they want to run. They're challenged and they're uncomfortable. But you bid them stay. By the power of your Holy Spirit, the one you promised convicts and convinces the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, now speak. God, in that right now, move them. And tonight, friends, if you want to say yes to this Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. And instead of praying the whole thing and asking you to listen, tonight you've heard me enough. I'm going to pray line by line, and I'm going to ask you to repeat if you agree. Here it is. God in heaven, I'm a sinner. And you as a righteous judge punish all sin. But you love me. And created me to be with you. And thus has made provision by sending your only begotten Son, Jesus. Tempted in every way, yet never sinned. Sharing in my flesh and blood. And dying the crime I sorry, and dying the payment I deserve. And on that cross you paid for me. All my wrong punished. All my penalty paid. And on the third day, just as your scripture promised. You literally rose from the dead. You literally died for me and literally rose for me to be my risen King, to be my Lord, to be my love, to be my life, to be my light. So I say yes. I'm willing to come. I'm willing to take that gift. I'm willing to take your payment. Declaring Jesus is my ransom. My payment. In full. And my Lord, I surrender myself to you. I'm yours. I'm yours. I am yours. In Jesus' name, I surrender. I surrender, Father. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.